truth is now treason. I am Dietrich, and this is yet another Linux-free episode. We are doing this because an independent study showed that when we have a Linux-free episode, there's a huge upswing in the amount of logic in the episode, and we know that is what you are all looking for. So thank you, traders, for acknowledging what we already knew. The blonde bombshell has a logic deficit. I hope you enjoy our logic-enhanced episode today. You know, a couple of years ago, I heard a question that was interesting to me. The question was, what does the word Christian mean? What does it mean to be a Christian? Now, if you were to ask a thousand people this question, you're probably going to get like 900 different answers. With the plethora of incorrect information that there is on the internet, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a thousand different answers and all of them being wrong. Well, what does it mean to be a Christian? If you're going to look at the Bible for the definition, you're not going to find it in there, at least when it comes to the word Christian. It's not in there. You're only going to find the word Christian in the Bible three times, and it's never defined. So how do we know then? If you can't define it, how do you know that you are one or not? Let's look at the words of Jesus in regards to this. We're going to read Jesus' words to his disciples. Now, this is one of the last conversations that he has with his disciples before he's crucified. Jesus is wanting to tell them something very important. So he says to them, I'm only going to be with you for a short time longer. This was Jesus' way of saying to them, pay attention to this. This is important. Kind of like when your parents or teacher would say, are you listening? When they wanted to make sure that you were getting what they were saying. So he was gathering the 11 remaining disciples, because Judas was gone at this point, and he was wanting to make sure that they were getting this important message. This is what Jesus had to say to them. He said, let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. Now, notice Jesus didn't say, This is how everyone will recognize you're a Christian. He didn't say that at all. What did he say? He said, This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. We were never called to be Christians by Jesus, we were called to be disciples. And there's a huge difference there. So what is the difference? Well, again, tell me what a Christian is. Kind of hard to do with no biblical definition. But there's a clear definition of what the word disciple means. The word means that you are modeling yourself after the person that you are a disciple of. So let's say you're a disciple of Tom Brady, you know, the NFL quarterback. Then you're modeling your life after him. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, which is what he called us to be, then you are modeling your life after him. So basically, what you're saying is, if you're unsure how to act in a situation, then you ask Christ, okay, Jesus, how would you handle the situation? Then, however Jesus would handle it, that's how you handle it. Just to hear it said like that should force us all to realize, wow, I'm pretty much slacking in that area. There's a big difference between disciple and Christian. In fact, the difference is so big that it can be scary. You know, the way Christ would act in every situation is the way that we are to act. And this is huge. This is so different from Christian. In fact, Jesus even defines what a disciple of his will look like. He says, love one another in the same way I love you, you love one another. We're to love like Jesus loved. In fact, Jesus even says, this is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. People outside the church should be able to recognize who we are by how much love we have for one another in the body of Christ. And of course, that love spills out to everyone else as well. 
We should be recognized as a follower of Christ by how much we love one another. When we interact with others, people should be able to see Christ by how we love. Is that happening today? Are churches known by how they love? Are you known by how you love? We're seeing a decline in churches today. There are fewer people attending church, and the church is having less influence on our world than it was in the past. When people are asked what is the most boring thing, or any other question like this, that there is, the overwhelming first answer is church. We should immediately know that there is something horribly wrong with this. What is the number one thing that people are looking for in their lives? They're looking for love, acceptance, the very thing that we as a church are supposed to be defined by. Love is the very thing that the most in this world are looking for. Yet we are most often called the most boring thing there is. That screams that there's a disconnect. People are searching for love more than anything else. And we are the ones who are supposed to have it more than anything else. And yet, we are the most boring. Something is going on here. Now, I understand that love can be a tough thing to define. In fact, most people who are out there in the world would misdefine love. They would define love as, well, everybody likes me the best, or everyone has to accept me exactly as I am. And that is nowhere near what love is. Even though the outside world has misdefined love, the fact that God has uniquely designed us to hunger for the love that the church is to be showing should drive people toward those who are reflecting the love of Christ. But that is not what we are seeing in this world right now. So what does Christ-like love look like? Andy Stanley said it this way. He said, you can tell how Jesus loved by what he did. Our actions are to reflect Christ's actions. Again, a tall order, but I would like to boil it down to something simple. This is from Philippians chapter 2. It says this, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Love comes down to one thing. Jesus' love came down to one thing. Sacrifice. Love seeks out the needs of the other. How can you tell if you are loving your spouse, your friends, neighbors, children? Are you sacrificing for them? Are you meeting their needs? Are you looking out for the interests of others? That's a pretty simple question to answer. Sacrifice, real sacrifice. That's rare. That's why it's immediately noticed because you don't see it very often. We are hardwired to think of ourselves first, and we see a ton of that. When someone is genuinely sacrificing, it's hard to ignore. When we are acting as disciples of Christ, it will be hard to ignore. Saying we are Christians because we believe certain things, well, that's easy to ignore. Saying we are Christians because we think our good outweighs our bad, people can ignore that kind of thinking all the time. But when you're operating in a way where our love is a love that sacrifices, that can't be ignored. People will try to tear you down for it, and they will mislabel you to hurt you or get others against you when you have sacrificial love. But there is one thing they can never do when you are a disciple of Christ. They can't ignore you. And this is why there are only two ways you're going to make an impact on somebody's life. You can hurt them like they have never been hurt before, or you can love them like they have never been loved before. We have all experienced hurt like you have never been hurt before. It's just something that's happened to everybody. My guess is that when I said that, every single one of you went to a place where that happened to you. 
that hurt had an impact on your life, whether you want to admit it or not. How about we all take the time to ask God, who is the person that you need me to show love like they have never experienced before? This is the only way, the only real way to make an impact on somebody. Love them like they have never been loved before. Make them wonder, what makes you so different? And when they ask, you'll have earned the right to tell them the difference is Jesus Christ and the change he has made in my life. Until next time, my fellow traders. With the ending of this episode, we're going to do something a little different. I discovered something on YouTube that I just felt I had to share with you guys. We're not going to close with our usual bumper music. We're going to close with a guy whose name is Dan Vask, and that's spelled V-A-S-C. This guy does a version of Amazing Grace that you just simply have to hear to believe. I've never heard anything like this before. And if you want to hear the whole thing, the link's going to be in the episode description. Or you can just look him up on YouTube. Dan Vask, V-A-S-C. And this song is Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see.